Welcome to the Fed Heads, a weekly podcast from Grant Thornton Public Sector. Join the Fed Heads, Robert Shea and Francis Rose, each week to talk about the arcana of government management and the people who are working hard every day to improve it. Welcome to episode 73. I'm Francis Rose. I'm Robert Shea. This is the time of year that people who love arcana like us long for. We yearn for this. It's the end of the fiscal. It's the last month of fiscal year 2019. It's very exciting. I knew you were sick, but I just, ah! I didn't know how sick because it's a highly stressful time of year. The, the agencies have just submitted their FY 2021 budget requests yes. to OMB. Uh-huh. So those are going to be churned and spit back out over the fall. Yep. Uh, at the same time, they've got to get out all of the remaining expenditures for FY19 that they had planned, while at the same time, they are trying to get a deal done on FY20 appropriations. Yes. So I think Dorian, the hurricane that made its way up the East Coast, is a perfect metaphor for the kind of churn that's going on in Washington, D.C. right now, and at about the same pace. So, Wow. So maybe I'm the only person that is really pumped about this time of the year. No, there are some people, but there's also a lot of stress. A lot of people are burning the midnight oil to get the work that needs to be done in this next couple of weeks and months. And there's real risk. Do, do we, can we say shutdown on on. Or, or dun, dun, dun. Um, you know, there'll, there'll be a lot of gamesmanship uh, towards the end of this month mm-hmm. and even beyond. Uh, but like, there's likely to be a short term continuing resolution sign. So beyond that, there'll be more gamesmanship to make the fall even more fun. I know nobody loves the idea of a continuing resolution. I don't blame it. I think uh, we've talked about that on this program before about how difficult it is for uh, government to operate under CR. But in the context of that versus a shutdown, <laughs> I think everybody and his brother would take the continuing resolution. We prefer some movement over no movement. Right. Right? Right. As you know, over the summer, the president and Congress signed a budget deal, a two-year mm-hmm. budget deal, which raised budget caps and raised the debt ceiling. That took a lot of pressure off lawmakers and policymakers. But now the real work of getting the actual appropriations allocated takes place. So even though we had a budget deal, doesn't mean the work's done. They still got to sign a budget at or after the end of the fiscal year in order to ensure the government is funded for FY 2020. Interestingly, Nancy Agnanovich, whom I know you know. Yes, uh, been on government uh, matters many times. She wrote about the president's 21-page wish list. That's a long list. That's a, well, th- depending Isn't on what it? it is. Depending on what it is. Okay. Um, here, it's what, what, it's what the president is requesting be included in any stopgap or continuing resolution spending agreement. Oh, no. So these are the things the president said need to be in the continuing resolution in order for him to sign it. And it includes non-controversial things like the border wall. Great. Increased operations to process migrants and for um, the space development agency. Hmm. So those things don't really match the definition of what you would consider a traditional anomaly. Yes. Congress and the and OMB go through a process of identifying those things that are critical 
to the operation of government that have to be funded separately in the continuing resolution over and above. This is the amount of money you can spend. These seem over and above what is traditionally the technical term, technical definition of an anomaly and that could really trip up final agreement on a CR, not to mention FY2020 spending. I don't like the way that you frame that. I don't. I think the way that you frame that is not very positive or happy. Yeah, well, you know, you want to give me a different narrative that I can <laughs> go to wrap my arms around no, when I go to sleep. No, that's not the point. The point is just I, I'm not criticizing the way you delivered it. It's the reality of the situation in which we find ourselves. Well, you could say that the budget caps have been raised. They're, the debt ceiling is not an issue now. So how could they not get a deal done? Of course they're going to get a deal done. No one wants a shutdown. Right. That part is true. Right. I can't identify anybody this time around thinks it's a good idea where in 2013, and even I guess to an extent, in 2013, there was a group of members of the House of Representatives and then Senator Cruz who publicly said, we don't care if the government shuts down. Well, that happened in 2019, too. Well, in 2019, it was the president that said, fine, shutdown's fine, doesn't matter to me. The director of OMB said uh, shutdowns are the new CRs. Right. So Bad. Bad talk. Yeah, that's really – that's not probably helpful. Um, this time, I don't think I hear that from anybody. I agree, but we're in a climate of unpredictability that <laughs> Thank, we all thanks, should Captain Obvious. fashion your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy ride is Right, the line of the day. What does that mean, the, the idea of the unpredictability of the nature of everything now, mean more broadly – for managing through the next month to quarter? Well, budgets, agency budget submissions are into OMB. Mm-hmm. They have, they're close to finishing executing on FY19. The calendar is ruthless, so they've got to have that done. What they don't get done by the uh, uh, end of the month, they won't get done in FY19. So now the attention focuses on uh, nailing down either a continuing resolution or FY20 appropriations. We'll pay attention to any guidance agencies are getting, uh, any kind of, uh, of of a deal being cut. We want to see that as soon as possible. Otherwise, you'll have to begin preparations for an orderly shutdown. Which, to me, is like jumbo shrimp. <laughs> That's exactly right. You know, it's, it's an orderly model. shutdown. Uh, that was the term. I couldn't remember what the name of it what, what word that's called. But yes, that's exactly right. There's, is there such a thing? Orderly as possible, I well, suppose. Well, we're getting be. rehearsed at it, so well, we true. ought to get better and better at it. But we pray that it won't. It, it, we pray for no shutdown. We pray for a short shutdown. We pay for an end to shutdowns. What else are you paying attention to this time of year? What else is really important? The presidential election is heating up, at least the Democratic primary. You know, but the average person in America doesn't care one single bit. Uh, that's right. That's why we're not targeting the average person. Our, our listeners are acutely attuned to this. Okay. And interestingly, this town, the government management community, has increasingly focused on presidential transitions. Mm-hmm. And iris- Rightfully so. Irrespective of, of whether the president is up for re-election or not, there are going to be there's going to be energy focused on making sure that should there need to be a presidential transition that it is orderly so those efforts will begin uh you know if not in the near future definitely after the beginning of the year president obama and 
a number of members of his transition team gave you and your colleagues in the Bush administration a lot of credit for being well prepared for an orderly transition. What do you think was the key to that? Important to note that I had left the administration before the transition. Well, but, but the work had, that you did had helped to lay the it. groundwork for that, to be and, fair. Yes. And Clay Johnson, then the deputy for management, and Josh Bolton, the chief of staff, uh, worked very hard to ensure that the Bush administration officials were doing all they could, could to strengthen the position that their successors had in taking over the government. The most important factor in that was the President of the United States. He made it a priority. He told Josh Bolton and Clay Johnson to make it a priority. They assigned positions in every agency for ensuring the orderly transition, made sure there was a career person and a political person in the agency with these responsibilities. And despite the vitriol that occurred during the election, I think there was a lot of surprise uh, at the level of competence and the level of professionalism that welcomed the Obama team onto the field. When is it too soon or when is it too late to start talking about transition in 2020? There's an appropriation that's going to be enacted in the FY 2020 GSA uh, appropriation for preparation for the presidential transition. Um, organizations like the Partnership for Public Service and the National Academy of Public Administration are already talking about what they can do to help assist. So it's not too early now. Won't won't be early too early in the next several days. It'll be interesting to see whether the Trump administration invests a great deal in this. No administration, when it is up for re-election, thinks <laughs> that they're going to be participating in a presidential transition this early. Nor do they want to do anything that looks like it jinxed them. Mm-hmm. The Obama to Trump transition was disruptive. And so I wonder to what extent the, the current administration will invest in this process at all. What will you pay attention to on that front? What developments or marks, mileposts or whatever are, are happening there yeah, I to think make a difference. Is, is someone appointed with responsibility to prepare for a potential transition? Is that office staffed? Does the administration authorize uh, um, GSA to set up a, a, its own operation and support either the current administration or, I guess, when it when it becomes clear who the leading candidates are or who will be the nominee on the Democratic side. Mm-hmm. Those are some key points I'll monitor. All right. Anything else you're paying attention to right now? I think that's enough. My it's enough about to, to keep explode. track. <laughs> my head's about to explode. I think that's because of me, though. I don't think that's anything that you're doing. It's great to see you. Great to see you. Talk well, to you soon. Uh, welcome back, by the way. Oh. We did our little pop-up thing last week, but you were on FaceTime there. And before that, you were gone for a while. And I was I, – I mean, Carlos is nice and everything. But it was a little sad because Carlos is magnificent. Uh, <laughs> well, I would, Carlos, by the way, is also your boss. That's so right. Full that's disclosure. Right. He did a superb job. Well, and I am delighted he relinquished the reins. With all me. due respect, I think he didn't say it, but I think at AGA he was trying to figure out if there was a way he could bump you off. I mean, at least figuratively, if not literally. Yes. Well, because uh, he was really digging the whole. He so like so he floated the idea. Did you listen to any of those podcasts? He floated yeah. the idea of a three man booth, <laughs> and I'm like, nah, I'm not sure that's probably going to work. We, we don't have enough mics as it is, right? That's and right. he'll have to pry it from my cold, dead. Beat.
hands. Wow. Thanks for listening to The Fed Heads, brought to you by Grand Thornton Public Sector. All of the resources talked about during the episode are available in the episode description. We'd love to hear from you. Connect with us on Twitter at GT Public Sector to join the conversation. And don't forget to leave us a comment or review on iTunes or the Google Play Store.